You are listening to the Hingework Podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community. Hey guys, welcome to uh, another episode of the Hingework Podcast. Come on. Uh, my name is Gabe McMullen. I am Kent Dynamite Mast. Kent Mast Exposed. Dot com. That's an inside joke. Although no, it did use to. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to introduce myself. I'm literally speechless. Okay, so Mark Buckwalter sitting over there doesn't matter. We we need to clarify some things. At the beginning of my business, I thought it would be funny. This is a true story. To create the domain. I've been waiting and waiting years to know <laughs> the dirty truth to, behind this. To create the domain Kent Mast Exposed. It's a photography term. Dot com. Okay, so Kent Mass so Exposed. Kent Mass Exposed. It's a photography <laughs> term. Dot com. That's no, a really no. long website. The website was kentmastexposed.com. Which I thought exposure was a photography term, which is exposed EXP, is not. Yeah, exposed is a different term. Anyway, it was Go inappropriate. On. But what was great. <laughs> Nothing about it was great. It was on a Wix flash. A lot website. of disappointed people. It was terrible. It was who's, terrible. Your ide- who's your ideal client? I had. Wow, it's weird. Things are really spiking like late night. <laughs> no. Oh, it's so bad. So, so, I, so I had. This What's great is I'm literally hearing this all for the first time. I've made fun of this for this. years, and now I'm finally finding out Shoot. the truth. So okay, so I had this terrible website. The picture of me was me in flannel and a beanie, and it was not a good flannel. It was like a terrible I'm flannel. I'm so glad my flannel and, and flip flops changed out of and flip flops. Uh, and did you have a that, lip ring? No, thanks. <laughs> and so, so that was my about page. It was a Wix flash website, so it was super slow, and I knew nothing about converting to 72 like for web resolution. Mm-hmm. So it was using full res 300 like huge images to load so i don't know how anybody actually got to my content but i booked the biggest client i ever have through that website and that Mm -hmm. is god's providence so speaking of god's providence (laughs) good segue uh just would love we have mark here to talk about rest and perspective within work and creativity and i just feel like you bring a lot to that conversation and you were showing us in your journal no i think uh for me we talked about one of the reasons why we want to do this podcast is about perspective and so to me it's like rest and, and perspective are connected and so sometimes as an entrepreneur <clears throat> of a small business or really any business um and as a creative both it's like you feel like if you take your foot off the gas you're gonna you're not going to get where you're going. You're going to let clients down. You're not going to connect with potential clients, et cetera. And so it can be really hard mm-hmm. to just find rest. The irony is if you don't take time to rest, your perspective probably is going to disappear. And rest doesn't always mean taking a week off or even a day off or a half day or sometimes it doesn't even mean an hour. It just means for me, like taking that time to pause. And sometimes um, it could be 15 minutes, mm-hmm. something like that. I had a um, I do a little bit of business coaching as well, and I had a meeting with some clients recently. I just took like 20 minutes to quiet myself and put on some music and get my journal out before the meeting. And what I received, it didn't even make sense to me. I thought it was for one member of the um, team of owners that I was coaching and actually ended up being for another member. But everything from that meeting flowed out of that 15 minutes mm-hmm. of just rest and perspective, and it would have been lost if I didn't 
just take time myself yeah. to just take my foot off the gas yeah. and be still. And I think it's so important and necessary, um, not just because if you look at Mark's life and see the fruit of what comes out of that, just random quote unquote chance encounters with people where he has something to say in a very um, detrimental time in their life and they kind of break down. And I remember several stories where you've just yeah. walked about and you're like, I just feel like I should go for a walk. I don't really understand why. And then something really awesome happens yeah. out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and then also, like you were saying, we, so we live in a very performance driven culture, not just, you know, the Northeast and all that, but just creativity and yeah. it's Lancaster and we're creating and, mm -hmm. um, making a name for ourselves. Like there's just yeah. a lot of this like drive. And then beyond that, the culture, like grind, you know, I, I'm grinding, I'm waking up to go for it, to get stuff done and accomplished. And it can seem like kind of a heresy to be like, you need to chill. Yeah. Like you need to stop creating yeah. for a hot second and actually listen to like the rhythms of your life or like what God is trying to say to you. Um, so how did you, Yeah. how does, how did that, where did that come from to rest? Well, I think it's definitely something that started pretty early, um, I got saved, like I said before, in 2001, and I was, you know, working whatever, 50, 60 hours a week in a very competitive corporate type of setting where everybody's kind of pushing their way to the next promotion. And so I just, I felt like I was just supposed to walk away from that and that God would show me what was next. Um, and so during that time, um, I had space to just kind of spend time writing out my thoughts, journaling, kind of learning to what does it even mean to connect with God, all those things. And I spent a lot of time also connecting um, with other people. I had men who were, you know, 10, 20, 30 years older than me be willing to just invest time into my life. And so I think I learned to connect with God. I learned to connect with and be mentored um, by other people. And so that gave me a passion um, to do that. So that was one step. But then... We kind of we were full time in ministry. We were always preaching and teaching, traveling to different churches, traveling to YWAM bases, always connecting. And then in the midst of that, after um, after Divine Design, you know, failed financially, we ended up uh, again. I didn't see this coming. We we felt like we were supposed to move to North Carolina. Um, to a little town called Newburn, and so we moved there. We didn't know anyone. I didn't know a single person there. I knew a real estate agent, and. Um, Moved there, and I ended up uh, managing a restaurant for an awesome guy uh, named Chris Johns. We owned uh, a chain of three restaurants his family owned um, called Rucker Johns. And so I worked there managing um, a restaurant during that time. And so my life went from, like, crazy radical Christian bubble to, like, working with servers, line cooks. Yeah. Um, my job was most of the time I was closing the restaurant. So, you know, in that environment, it's not like a cute little, um, Hey, I'm praying for your brother is really going <laughs> to connect. And so the God really taught me so much during that time about keeping my mouth shut and just loving people and walking with them. Um, and just that helped to kind of also just bring a sense of rest. Like it's not all up to you to like fix all these situations that you feel like, or mm -hmm. less than perfect. So I think a combination of those two things. And just in North Carolina, you know, we were we were living at the beach. Um, it was, you know, uh, 
not not very heavily populated there was no traffic there was a lot of rest when i wasn't at work we didn't there was no expectations on us i worked every sunday we weren't part of a church at the time um and there it was it, we went from being this intense like everybody knew who mark and heather were to nobody has any expectations on us and it became a very healthy time for us to put god and our marriage and our family first and allow our ministry of our lives to flow out of that. So I think <clears throat> those two periods in my life were pretty important to understanding rest. Um, and yeah, so. In, in that period, were you being quote unquote creative at all? Were you doing anything to? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I had shot my first wedding in 2005 and we still lived in Lancaster and my first two weddings. And then uh, I pretty much was like, yeah, this is just going to be a hobby for me. I think I photographed a book cover um, that I sold for. I sold a photo for a book cover for a friend and then did those two weddings. So I was just going to be a hobby. But then when I went to Emer we moved to Emerald Isle, North Carolina and lived at the beach and I was managing the restaurant. Um, the island sits east to west, so you get sunrise and sunset. Mm. Um, it's a gorgeous place, and I just continued to take that. After a while, I was like, man, I have like 12,000 photos you know, that I've taken of my kids, so I learned to see light down there. I learned mm -hmm. to see um, motion, learn how to, you know, when you're photographing our kids, we're all, three kids were all um, four and under at the time. So, you know, it was... If you can, if you can capture those moments um, of motion and connection, um, it's a it's a great way yeah. to learn how to photograph. So yeah, it definitely, my photography definitely went to another level. And I mean, I'm sure it gave you a heart for actual. Okay, so kind of like a divide. Like there's kind of two ways we can go here. You're either photographing. I know that in business you're doing a little bit of both, but you're photographing genuine connection and authenticity and like real emotion and uh or there's kind of this like gosh i mean and we shoot weddings and it can be difficult to maintain that genuine authentic why yeah. are we here today yeah. what are we doing because there's shot lists and pinterest boards and mm -hmm. hype right. and just like gosh, guys, what are we doing? And so I appreciate, Mark, that you just come to your, your photo sessions or your, yeah. your weddings and your work and kind of go, gosh, why am I feeling like I need to perform? Yeah. Why am I feeling like I need to jump through these hoops? Yes, you, you talk to the client. Yes, you have expectations set. Yes, you, you do your homework. But I think the pressure doesn't need to exist to the level yeah that a lot of creatives, especially young creatives, maybe, yeah. um, walk with. Yeah, and I think for me, um, I, you know, I, I shot a ton of weddings, like higher-end weddings as a second shooter and even working um, for myself commercially as well. And even families, I just get would get so hyped up and pressurized. I think, honestly, my wife in the last two years has really helped me as she, she started second shooting with me to go, like, why are you freaking out right now? Mm. You know, because in my mind, I missed a shot that I'm sure the client is going to ask for. When in reality, I missed a shot that the client never knew I shot or should have shot or I thought I should have had in yeah. the first place <clears throat> mm -hmm. because I'm already giving them hundreds and hundreds of legitimate moments of connection throughout the day. So she's really helped me to just realize like, hey, 
it sounds so simple. Like your job is to tell the story of the day. It's Mm -hmm. you really can't, your job is not to create really Mm -hmm. anything in terms of that story. It's just there. You're there to just photograph things as they're unfolding. And so that just takes so much pressure and control. It's not my job to control the day. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, yes, I want to be, you know, there to be helpful and love people and, um, be a blessing, but Mm -hmm. it's just not my job to make moments happen. Right. And on the flip side, I've been to a wedding, multiple weddings, where the photographer is so consumed by the fact that they need to lay out the invitations and the flowers next to this mirror. Next, and they are literally, it's cool. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh, what do you call that? Like Styling, detail right, style. Right, I mean, yeah. f- fine art type photography. It's, it's cool, right. you know. But the problem for me is when it's like in the next room. There are awesome yeah, moments are happening. Sure. There's there's like a, a group of women like power praying for the bride, yeah. and people are crying and laughing, and the photographer is just so. Gosh, but the, I need to do this yeah. other stuff. I, why is this taking mm-hmm. so long? And I'm like, this is why we're here. Yeah. Um, so I just love that approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and again, I think to me that kind of plays into rest when you're at rest whether it's taking a pause throughout your day to get a perspective on what you really should be doing with your day or whether it's being at rest enough in that moment to go like, yeah, I need to get this, but I can also get this while literally nothing else is happening. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not a, an emotional, you mm-hmm. know, connected part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think rest plays into all that stuff. And obviously our creativity is, you know, when we're at rest is when we're going to be the most creative. That's when Mark's shots aren't going to look like the same as Gabe's shots or whoever else's shots. They're going to actually be what we saw going on and the way we were seeing mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. and the part of that moment that we <clears throat> were yeah. drawn to. I've been having a something kind of happen recently. It's, it's really cool to start to step into what you feel like God is doing more of in your life personally. Like where you see something in your brain and then you see, and then you see it, or you stick to, like, through with it, to the, um, the actual thing. So, for example, I had a shoot, woke up super early, drove to Lebanon, and the weather was not cooperating, and I was so. Hey, McMullen special. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I was so bummed. I was like, this stinks. Like this, this is what. I wanted to happen, but then as I arrived, I was looking at the location. I'm like, this is not what I want. This is not, even if the weather had cooperated, this is not the location I wanted um, in my mind. This is not what I saw. And uh, so then um, Gabe and I, the next day or that day or whatever, yeah. we, we went location scouting, which I don't do a ton of, but um, I just, I had that image in my mind that had been stuck there, like a picture, like I could see it of what I wanted. And we started looking for that. Mm-hmm. And instead of the other you know, way around of like, I need to create something else or I need to get better than this or do better than so-and-so or comparison. Like, I just feel like I've been given a picture of what this needs to look like. So we started looking for that and we found it. And literally the video that we created. So good. It looks how it did in my head, you know? So when you, when you get a vision for something and then you say, this is uniquely, you know, God given inspired, like something to run with, Mm -hmm. um, man, run with that and like yeah. be persistent with that. Cause yeah, that led to some difficult conversations a little bit with a client of sure. being like, yeah, okay, we didn't get it today, but I really think that we should do this 
here, yeah. this way, tomorrow, yeah. can we try again? And they were really gracious about it. Um, and it wasn't time sensitive. We could reschedule. Yeah. And so it was just like, dang. And then yeah. when it finally happens, you're like, yes. Were they, were they pretty happy with they it? They loved it. Great. It was exactly yeah. what we wanted. And uh, up in the clouds and the sky, there was like... Oh, the clouds were perfect that morning. Perfect. And people were saying at the final video, like, there's a cross in the sky. And I'm not controlling the clouds. I don't know. Like, yeah. it was just funny. Nice work, Gabe. I do what I can. It's just funny, you know, when you, when you say, this is me, this isn't me. Um, and when you can identify that, you're going to create unique work and it's work that is just awesome. Yeah. So I guess one, a question that just kind of popped in my mind, what would you say is like your unique, the unique part about your work that really kind of separates you from other people, whether that's like a shooting technique or, um, what you try to include, like what is, what is you? (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm still trying to put words to like what some of this is or looks like, but um, I really want it to be emotionally engaging. And so there are times where technically I could have done things differently, mm-hmm. but for the sake of emotional engagement or telling that story, in my opinion, better, um, you're going to produce better results. And yeah. Um, preserve a more authentic final piece. And mm-hmm. so I think anything for me that like evokes that emotion really tugs at the heartstrings, really tells the story, um, whether that's the individual story or the client story or whatever. Um, I just, I want it to be as close to real as possible. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm directing and I'm having creative direction, um, I don't want it to come off, um, directed or false yeah that's just to be natural, some of yeah. how i like think through if, things yeah you were talking about like just like a real sense of emotion if we're gonna if i had to show people one kent mast video like a wedding video sure it's it's got to be zach and casey rogers for me cool. that was like one it's of the first really good i love it yeah like it started out like moody black and white oh that's true and it was just like yeah I love it because it's so different because yeah. they're, they are just so freaking hip and cute. And, they're just a cool couple. And he's like body surfing and stuff at the end. And it's yeah, just awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I was showing that to my friends in Utah and they were just like, nobody out here does anything like this. Hmm. And I was like, man, that's good. That's start, start sending referrals to Utah. Gosh. <laughs> well, and that's really awesome to hear because yeah. like I, struggle with the fact that my work doesn't look like so-and-so's yeah. often. Like there are um, ways that I would perceive my work differently than other people perceive it. Yeah. And so to hear outside of myself from somebody else, like, no, like your style is great. Yeah, Keep going great. for yeah. it. Keep like diving into that vision. That's encouraging. Cause I get really worn out on the journey. Whereas I could be like, well, but this looks more professional over here. This his, mm-hmm. this person's lighting or technique, or they're a better more shooter. Or, yeah, just all those things yeah. that we think are important that are not important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we've done anything, it's just keep Jesus first, tell yeah. really great stories. And those are kind of the two things that we've tried to do. Simple. So good. So now that it's... Um essentially the off season for, for all three of us, I don't know, Mark, I mean, you probably are still doing a lot of commercial work, but 
how are you, how are you guys approaching rest hmm. now? That's like, a great question. What are you guys doing now to like kind of take time and relax? One of the things that I did on this Thanksgiving break, I did take my kids out off school the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they had off Monday. Monday yeah. So um, I think it was either Friday or Saturday morning. I got up at 4 a.m. and just really freaked out for a little while. Um, <laughs> Were you like about, screaming? Or? About um, just mentally in my head, you know, yeah. about resources not because mm. there's not any, enough resources right now there are but it's like the reality of going from shooting like two three four days a week mm-hmm. to okay well yeah last Space. week was thanksgiving it was sure. awesome not to be shooting very much yeah um and next week i'm recording the podcast so there's <laughs> that so awesome. yeah um, you know but all of a sudden going well wait a minute what if the phone never rings again mm. or you know not even the phone but yeah what if <clears throat> just, email? it doesn't take very long to get into a dark place um mm-hmm. there uh, which my wife is usually pretty great at, at at pulling me out of those places or at least identifying like hey um you feel pretty heavy right now and knock it off <laughs> so that's helpful anyway getting Plus back to one your, for heather yeah right heather definitely has um, saved me um, a lot of sleepless nights um and fruitless f- worry save me from wasting yeah. time yeah. just yeah. with fruitless worry mm-hmm. about nothing um your original question though gabe was i was being a little bit facetious your question was what does rest look like right yeah, now yeah, yeah yeah so for me um really making a conscious effort to try to let that phone lying face down and be with my kids. So yesterday, I actually went running some errands with the kids. I'm not typically a Goodwill shopper. We, we needed to stop by a thrift shop. You don't need to qualify yourself. I do. I mean, dude, I mean, look at me. Obviously, I'm <laughs> black dude, sweatpants, black t-shirts. Yeah. Andy's right. The best Goodwills are in, like, Oregon and Colorado. Because there's tons of outdoors gear. It's weird. I don't spend my time when I am in Oregon or Colorado or California in the Goodwill. So I'm going to take your word for that. (laughs) I'm not not really planning on changing that. I probably went to like 10 Goodwills. (laughs) Yeah. Again, your trip to Oregon needs to be redone. Sure. Sometime. Anyway, Moses, was he he, he found this 1940s old wooden um, AM radio. And he, nice. he's converting it into a Bluetooth. Um, that guy's a beast. That's so speaker. cool. So we went yesterday to find, see if we could find like a used old boombox or something with a speaker that he yeah. could pull out for it. So we found that. And <clears throat> along the way, I happened to find a really nice baseball glove that I thought would be sweet for um, one of my daughters, for Hopi. And so we got home and ended up, me and Hope and Silas and Eden ended up getting a little game of um, baseball going in front of the barn. And so, um, so that was fun, but just taking that time to do that instead of rushing off to whatever, um, could have been next to really get myself geared up for yeah. this week or, you know, um, that kind of stuff. So just try to be intentional about choosing to engage. Um, hmm. yep. cause it kind of, you, you kind of have to choose that. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is kind of a, a thing. Who's behind me? Liz. Liz. 
going on, Liz? She's gone. Liz riding everybody. Um, Can't see her or hear her. <laughs> Shameless plug for Liz. She made an incredible bag that Come I on. delivered to my wife for her birthday in mm. October, and she gets compliments on it all the time. So Liz is a beast. I am struggling through this now, how to rest, because um, so we started in large part with weddings and yeah. as a business and canmassexposed.com dot com. I thought you were photos. Well, yeah, but like the wedding end was always there. Oh, and yeah. so like, um, what's hard is when weddings slow down and you've done it so much that you begin to like, think that's a piece of you yeah. as if, okay. So just practically looking at my schedule, I have no weddings until March. And then even after March, um, we have like maybe like four or whatever. And then in June, nothing until September. And that's really hard for me to, if I'm looking at my whole schedule going, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of gaps. We're a little late in the booking season to probably pull off a, a February wedding. I mean, they can come late, but you never know. Sure, sure. So we, we could get a February short. We could How get, many people a, get married in February? a July, <clears throat> a decent amount. Yeah. Really? Off season. What? I mean, yeah. I feel like off season weddings yeah. really anymore. You know, it's not uncommon for yeah. photographers to have two or three weddings in yeah. February. I mean, my first one's not, <clears throat> excuse me, until the end of March as well. Yeah. You should probably get a complex about that, Gabe. A yeah. lot of photographers have February weddings. I don't know if you're doing something probably, wrong. Gosh. You should probably offer some discounts. No. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Obviously, <laughs> anyway. being facetious. Back to Kent. So there's a lot of space in my schedule. And like Mark was saying, facetious or not, we can freak out. Yeah. And be like, totally. Yeah. Crap. What are we going to be doing with our time? And it's really interesting um, because I've had more space to think through um, just like internal stuff. Why do I react the way that I react to not having these bookings? Is there something in me that's like, I should have more? Is there something saying you won't be provided for? Is there something saying you're not doing a good enough job or you need to lower your rates tremendously um, and just kind of grasp for the, the bottom of the barrel? Um, and I think as creatives, we love to create. And so when we are seeing missed opportunities, it's like a real shot to us. And so I don't know, I'm in the process. Like I feel like rest for me right now just says, okay, we're going to be launching our commercial brand soon. And I really feel leading in that direction. And let's see kind of what God does with that. And over the past number of months, God's brought just word of mouth commercial clients with no website or brand even in place. And so it's like he brings it. um, And I think that's just something that creatives need to hear that you don't need to fight again for that that bottom of the barrel, like just scrounge and grab and take it in for now. Mm -hmm. Like, gosh, give yourself some space to think. And um that space has been thrust on me by the Lord, not by me. Cause I, yeah. I, I pitched ferociously, you know, like yeah. I saw the slow season coming and I was like, Hey, so-and-so do you need something? Hey, so-and-so do you need something? And I just really went for it, but I just feel like the doors are closing. And so for right now I'm going, okay, what does it look like to just trust that God has my best in mind? Um, which is really difficult, but yeah. what else am I going to do? I can't, I can't do it. I can't, control people to to whatever to come or it's all out of my hands like Mm -hmm. he knows i have a family that i need to provide for and it's he's gonna bring what i need yeah (sighs) i heard uh chris was working on some of your design work for your commercial it's true 
he's, he's, he's super excited about it. Oh gosh. Like, it, and that, that has been really cool. Like that's provided a lot of opportunity, um, just in conversation, um, between he and I to like really challenge each other, both creatively and spiritually. Like I'd say we always had a good friendship. Like I knew of Chris, mm-hmm. but like just in some of the few conversations we've had since the website, it's really been brought to the forefront of my mind that like what I do is not about me and my work. It's like, gosh, I get to encourage Chris where he's at. Um, and the connection was just through work. Cause he needs to go full time pretty soon too. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully he doesn't even have time to be listening to this Amen. because yeah. he's so focused on his up. We wouldn't want to give him but... space. Yeah, no, he doesn't need to rest. He's young. <laughs> He's young. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of what you're saying, it's important to remember in seasons like this. I don't know. It's like we can forget like there's four. Like we, we live in a place where it's right in front of our face. There's four seasons. They're distinguishable. They're different. And each one has its purpose. And like I remember hearing Melissa Helsley talk about how she loves the wintertime because it's like she lives in a wooded area, but you go out, you go for a walk and you can like the, the winter kind of lays everything bare, which can be depressing if we, if you allow it to be, or don't yeah. kind of see it for what it is. But the reality is it creates an opportunity to see further and see things that you don't always see mm-hmm. when you're in the midst of another season or yeah. when you're, when you're in the, the fullness of wedding season mm-hmm. or the busiest part of commercial season or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a great time mm-hmm. to recognize this isn't, I'm not doing something wrong. Yeah. Push that lie back. Like, well, you must be doing something wrong. That's yeah. why this is happening. Actually, it may be that it's, it isn't hap- It is happening with intentionality, but it's because yeah. you're supposed to take advantage of this time and yeah. be able to pick your head up and look out and see what is, what do I see and where do I want to go? All right, well, let's start stepping that direction instead of just sitting here curled up in the mm-hmm. fetal position, freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, the thing is, we don't know where you're going to be in a year. Like, mm-hmm. As I mean, we know you'll probably be in Iceland again. You. I mean, me, yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a pretty good chance I'll be there sometime in the summer. Icelandsingles.com. Um, oh, wait, dude. The women in Iceland are weird. Whoa. <laughs> wow. We just gay. Okay. Totally... Iceland. All of Iceland. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of Gabe. So all 10 of you. Shoot. Yeah. All 10 of you. <laughs> Oh, I, heard, I heard I uh, heard a story one time. These guys military base, uh, they were in the military. Oh man, like, the sensor light is flashing at this <laughs> right now. Ken is squirming. Ken is squirming in his seat. There's creaky metal noises coming from his side of the room. He's I like, will mute you. He's like, um, oh, Iceland women. They're everywhere. There's one behind every tree. Guy gets to Iceland. He's like, where's all the women? There's literally, there's like no, because there's no trees in Iceland, and that was the joke. <laughs> yeah, definitely work on the delivery of that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's something, again, there's always something in the wintertime or the mm-hmm. downtime for you to work yeah, on. Yeah, I will. <laughs> my off season. Dude, I tried to be a stand-up comedian once. That's good. Wait. I legitimately wow. wrote jokes with Dougie Taylor. Dougie. To he lives. Do you know? I, know yeah. I, mean, I was in his apartment earlier today. He wasn't there. It's hmm. weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to pick up a can of paint. We were writing jokes at Prince Street Cafe to perform at open mic night at the Chameleon. Did you it, do it? We did not. I chickened out. I was like, I was like really close to doing. It. They were bad. Yeah, I'm really, really glad. 
<laughs> that that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't take off. I'm glad I didn't do yeah. it and get like confident because it would have been wow. I don't think you would have had yeah, that problem. I mean, I don't <laughs> think, just, yeah. You never know, man. Um, it is interesting because I think you mentioned confidence and I feel like um, Sam Interante is obviously a legend. Oh yeah. One of the things that, you know, Sam was the first, first one, like, like we said, to, to join hinge work. But I remember last year, uh, Sam invited me over for breakfast one day and, um, he had music playing super loud. So when I went in, he Classic. didn't hear me come in and he has a hammock in his living room. Yeah. And so I literally laid down in his hammock and just crashed and him and his roommate were talking and then they were listening to music and I was there for like 20 minutes and <laughs> finally they came out and Sam just saw my boots hanging over the edge of the hammock. He kind of started flipping out and he was like, are you seriously here right now? So it was kind of funny. But later on he was cooking me breakfast and he was making me some eggs and he's talking to me and he's like, yeah, you know what the secret is, Mark. You know what the key is. And he turned around he flipped the eggs up in the air. And if you would have told me Sam was going to drill this, I would have laughed like <laughs> previously. Um, if you know Sam, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, he's like, you know what the key is? And he flips the eggs up in there and looks at me. He's like, confidence. <laughs> and the eggs literally land right in the pan. Were they what? like over easy? What? Dude, yeah. I would... Dude, how are they not like yolks? Crack? Totally blown away. I mean, no way. Um, like, I'll do that with pancakes. That's easy. So evidence that God will speak through anything. <laughs> Sam and Toronto flipping eggs, but it's true. And he, he did give credit to Zach Rogers for teaching him that. But we were well, talking earlier, you know, we were talking earlier about rest. And I feel like one of the things that rest mm -hmm. does bring about is you start to remember who you are mm -hmm. in the Lord. And then when you're at that space with your client yeah. where you're like, Hey, today did not unfold the way we did, but rather than tucking your tail between your legs and just yeah. fussing, you're like, Hey, this isn't what I had in mind, but here's where I want to take things and mm -hmm. just trust me. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't see it right now, just trust me. Yeah. You have a better sense of when to push, yeah. um, push the envelope on things like that and really yeah. just go for it. And so I think rest and confidence are actually really closely related. And again, mm -hmm. then from that place, vision comes forth, dreaming comes forth, relationships and mm -hmm. connection come forth. So, yeah, it's been really cool to see that over, um, like five or so years, you know, I don't know what my tomorrow brings, but over five or so years, God just seems to uh, kind of up the stakes a bit in each season. But it, but you start to look back and go, wait a minute, this looks a lot like that other season. Mm -hmm. And He totally had my needs in mind and mm -hmm. and provided and and we went somewhere with it. And He didn't just leave me there. And I'm wondering from my personal journey. Um, how much of that worry is wounds from my past and how much God is trying to lead me through that. So for me, business, um, what started as me working in my basement, um, <laughs> renting a house on New Holland Ave, um, just no chance of anything working. And then it worked. Um, it's really just a big God story from beginning to end. And so I'm going, why did he put me in business? Mm -hmm. Why? And I'm starting to see there's a lot of insecurity to deal with. There's a lot of hurt to deal with. There's a lot of stuff in my heart that he's walking me through using the business as an avenue. And whether that'll always be that way, I don't know. 
Um, but it's cool to see. And so I think my challenge or whatever to creative encouragement is just like, we're all walking with stuff. Um, and, and I think we can short sightedly sort of just like go, Oh, I'm having a really difficult client. I'm having a really difficult day. I'm, I I feel down on myself. I feel all these things, all this pressure, but you're not analyzing the story that you're in, um, or where you've come from or why are you hurt? that way by that person and what they said why do i push back against these types of people why um do i get insecure why you know just simple questions and rest and like providing space and having friendship and community and vulnerability together allows um us to help each other through those things totally and i think recognizing when you have that space is awesome. You know, I'm thinking of right now, Gabe, is Pittsburgh and pastrami tacos. Mm. And what I'm referring to is smoke. Yeah, smoke. If you're in Pittsburgh or you're near Pittsburgh, you you're passing go. through, go to smoke. If it's on a Friday, I think it's $5 old fashioned. You're right. Yeah. You said those are one of the best old fashions you've had Very in a while. Very tasty. And um, yeah, I could only have one because we were driving home. Driving home. But uh, anyway. <laughs> The point is, I had a I had a client out there that I was working with. Um, it just felt like one day I should throw it out to the crew here as we were working. Like, hey, anybody want to just go to Pittsburgh? And Gabe, true to form, was just like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I don't even know if he had actually thought through 10 I had minutes. to postpone a meeting. <laughs> I had to postpone one meeting, and I didn't think of that until, like, the next day. But it was, like, totally – it was totally cool. It right. Was, it wasn't, like, a big deal or anything. It wasn't a client – but I think it gave what was cool is like moments like that. So then we, you know, we have whatever four and a half hours out there in the mm-hmm. car together. Gabe got to see the reality, the raw forty-three years of Philadelphia sports fan come out as we watched <laughs> so an Eagles game together. I'd never seen Mark like that before. And and he, he's getting ex- they're like up by twenty, and he's freaking out, and I'm like. I don't understand. That's a good. That's that's actually good. That could be Mark in way too many areas. Mark, you're up by twenty. Why are you freaking out? Relax. But um, and it, the the truth of the matter is, because of what I seen before, that's why I'm freaking yeah. out. Yeah. But um, anyway, the point is, it gave us a lot of time to connect and yeah. um, talk to each other and just get to know each other. I don't know if there's yeah. anything. It was honestly that was like such a good trip because there's so many times. Um, where you have taken time out of your day to just like spend with me, which mm-hmm. has been huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think Shelby had, Shelby Hostetter had mentioned that, you know, every now and then it's like, it's so good to, to connect with you, but we don't always realize what you're sacrificing for that, whether yeah. that be editing photos, mm-hmm. working with clients, or like taking time away from your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, we don't see that necessarily. Like right now you could be editing photos, but instead you're, you know, investing in us in this yeah. podcast, which we uh, do appreciate. Yeah. And so that trip to me, I was like, okay, great. I get to really see Mark a little bit differently on this trip, get to see him like out of the office, get to see like a different side of him, which was a good side of him. And I don't have to worry about, taking time away from these other aspects of his life because he's gonna have to be in this car for eight hours anyways so so it didn't it didn't really matter and i mean i feel like we um we just had like a really really good trip regardless it was super fun 
I love, I love that because yeah, that's so true. Mark is like at his desk and I'll just be, he'll be like, what's up? And I'm even, like, yeah. even I, this morning I did that. <laughs> yeah. And he'll just be like, what's up? And I'm like, uh, I've got to kind of pour some things out here on somebody. Do you have a minute? And honestly, he, he makes the minute, like he makes the space. And I think that's huge. And just in his journey, letting go of control or being like, well, this isn't how my day's supposed to look, you know, actually taking time for people, which if you look at anywhere in scripture, you're like, wow, Jesus was sacrificing some serious yeah. time to, to actually love people, yeah. actually love individuals where they were at. And so it's just so such an honor to be like, wow, uh, such a model yeah. to look at and go like, oh, that's so convicting that I have placed business efficiency money over people. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, gosh, that's just so convicting, but I love that, that, that you model for us you. to take time for other people and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, same thing with you, Gabe. I mean, just like the ability yeah. to sit down and be like, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. You seem, you seem off, you seem stressed, you seem whatever. And, yeah. um, yeah, that's been awesome and helpful. Yeah. I appreciate that a ton. Ken, it, it runs to two guys who I feel like really taught that obviously my brother, my twin brother really modeled that for me and just mm-hmm. the idea of constantly like team ministry, team ministry. If we're going to, if he was going to invite it somewhere to preach, he was going to take a team with him, and we, he was going to have other people up there sharing and so forth. And then the other guy that comes to my mind is actually um, a guy named Kurt David Heiser, who was my, he was basically a regional manager um, and we were out on sales. So he was my boss. So I was a manager and he oversaw like five stores in the region and, and we were out. Um, on sales calls when they were coming back and and Kurt would take time to do this. It was really, I think it was more important than the sales calls we were on. I mean, a client appreciated seeing our faces, but the time that he invested, and so I'm, I'll never forget this because I think it was the first time a man ever really looked at me and spoken. So this, I was like 22, 23 years old. I was a year and a half out of college maybe. And um, we're just about back to the office and he looked at me, he's like, Buck, that's what I love about you. You've got vision. And I, I literally, like, it shocked me when he said it, almost to the point where I almost said to him, like, no, I don't. Like, I don't know. I know people talk about people having vision, but I did not see myself as that because no one had ever spoken mm-hmm. into that part of my life. And so I ended up, the next year of my career there was really um, just... Um, it, it could not have possibly gone better. I eventually got promoted into the spot that he was at when he got promoted. And so um, people would come to me all the time and say, dude, you're like 24, 25 years old. You know, you're making six figures. How do you feel? Like, how did you get here? Like, what happened? And honestly, when I just pause for a second and look back, I would be like, you know what? Actually, that moment when Kurt spoke that into my life, I started to see things about myself that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. And so I think I began to recognize the power of a mentor and someone who's choosing to take time to invest in people. And if you do that, other things will fall into place. And mm-hmm. even if they don't fall into place quite the way you want them to, it's still the way you really should want to live your life. So it's something I'm definitely passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, trying to ask you guys too is like all right so who who are you pouring into right now who are you loving on and it's something that i see mm-hmm. happening within this building obviously sam choosing to do that with you gabe is a big part yeah you know 
of why you're here and I even Kent investing mm -hmm. in you as well yeah. is a big part of what brought you here, which I love that. I love seeing that. And I think there's no way we could really ever overdo that yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I think kind of on, on, uh, just briefly, like on that same line of thought, like in my walk, I lived with a lot of shame and a lot of a f kind of false image of myself. And so you walk into business going, I need to prove yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah, I need to be the best. I need to be perfect. I need to be efficient. I need to get it done. And I need to do it on minimum budget because that's everything the client cares about. And I found myself in more terrible situations because of that yeah. line of thought than life-giving because then you find yourself... Well, really, you're acting out of a, a false image of yourself and you're just constantly putting yourself down and it's kind of like a self-abuse. Yeah. And so, um, so to kind of wrap back around, just like Mark, when you were saying somebody actually spoke something into you that you started to see yourself differently, it was kind of through business and then hinge work and just people pouring in saying, you're actually good at this. I didn't know I was good at these things. Yeah. And so we need people to be saying, you know, wow. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. you. Wow. You're doing a yeah. great job. Wow. Like I see you yeah. and you're not, yeah. you're not sucking and you're not your work. Like you're yeah. not, your identity is not your work. Like you're a human mm -hmm. and you deserve to be yeah. related to and, and encouraged and taken time for. At the same time, I do enjoy like getting constructive criticism back. Oh, totally. Because I think if... If like a million people tell me I'm good, right, 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 and then one person tells me I like I suck because of this, yeah. that one person's gonna make me feel like that's the thing that's gonna drive me to get better. Totally. And so yeah, we're not talking about not yeah. constructive criticism yes. yeah. because we do that and we ask like, hey, what do you think of this image or this shot or this, the way I did this? Like we ask those questions, but it's like when you're operating out of a false self, there is an unhealthy drive yeah. that is just pushing you. And it's really just fear, anger, control, worry, um, which don't look too much like the fruit of the spirit. Yep. <laughs> so. yeah. No, that's exactly it. I think when we're at healthy places, we can help each other out. Mm -hmm. That for sure. Yeah. We could recognize when there's, there's one in our midst who's drinking Coke Zero. <laughs> I have transitioned. Come on. To, to Pepsi. Pepsi. This, this is, is why I'm so proud of you, Gabe. Because three you take, month old Pepsi. You take the constructive feedback and you put it into action. Well, I just didn't want it. Like wisdom I, I is known by her. I should have just drank water. Yeah. If we're being honest here. But so we've already we've not only so far what we've got is Coke Zero is healthier than regular Coke. Yeah. And water is healthier than Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the almost scholar, almost comedian. <laughs> Well, and, well, two times college dropout. So. Me too. Two, wow. We can talk about that. With on, a couple of that should Yeah, be I don't mind talking about I love that. it. I right. love it because we are not anti-college here at Hingework, but we but... we actually pretty much are. Yeah, we're, we're okay if you don't go. Uh, we're like, you'll be better if you don't go. In most cases, if you're my possible. brain surgeon, that's not the case. We should really sure. talk about this in a different way. Wait, me? So, like, why, like... Not now. Oh, yeah, I don't you're mind. definitely getting flagged, Gabe. You've blown through like three of Kent's stop signs. <laughs> Sorry. And that's something no. we're going to need to work through here. <laughs> like I also Thanks for listening to the Hingework Podcast. Hingework is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster, PA. 
find out more at www.hingework.com.